Hello, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the May 29th edition of my podcast, Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at numbers 1159 to 1162 of the Catechism. Holy Images, 1159. The sacred image, the liturgical icon, principally represents Christ. It cannot represent the invisible and incomprehensible God, but the incarnation of the Son of God has ushered into a new economy of images. Previously God, who has neither a body nor a face, absolutely could not be represented by an image. But now that he has made himself visible in the flesh and has lived with men, I can make an image of what I have seen of God and contemplate the glory of the Lord, his face unveiled. 1160. Christian iconography expresses and images the same gospel message that scripture communicates by words. Image and word illuminate each other. We declare what we preserve intact, all the written and unwritten traditions of the church, which have been entrusted to us. One of these traditions consists in the production of representational artwork, which accords with the history of the preaching of the gospel, for it confirms that the incarnation of the word of God was real and not imaginary, and to our benefit as well, for realities that illustrate each other undoubtedly reflect each other's meaning. 1161 All the signs in the liturgical celebration are related to Christ, as are sacred images of the Holy Mother of God and of the saints as well. They truly signify Christ who is glorified in them. They make manifest the cloud of witnesses who continue to participate in the salvation of the world and to whom we are united, above all in sacramental celebrations. Through their icons, it is man in the image of God, finally transfigured, into his likeness, who is revealed to our faith. So too are the angels, who also are recapitulated in Christ. Following the divinely inspired teaching of our Holy Fathers and the tradition of the Catholic Church, for we know that this tradition comes from the Holy Spirit who dwells in her, we rightly define with full certainty and correctness that, like the figure of the precious and life-giving cross, venerable and holy images of our Lord and God and Saviour Jesus Christ, our inviolate Lady, the Holy Mother of God, and the venerated angels, all the saints and the just, whether painted or made of mosaic or any other or another suitable material, are to be exhibited in the holy churches of God on sacred vessels and vestments, walls and panels, in houses and on streets. 1162. The beauty of the images moves me to contemplation as a meadow delights the eyes and subtly infuses the soul with the glory of God. Similarly, the contemplation of sacred icons united with meditation on the word of God and the singing of liturgical hymns enters into the harmony of the signs of celebration so that the mystery celebrated is imprinted in the heart's memory and is then expressed in the new life of the faithful. Okay, so we continue now. We've moved from 
literature, from uh, singing and music yesterday to holy images, to iconography today. And this is an important part of our faith. That it's a, a part of the faith that I suppose is neglected, unfortunately. That in the early church you had icons. And if you go to the earliest churches that have icons, and most of these you can find in Italy, um, that oftentimes we associate icons and iconography with the Greeks, with the Orthodox churches, with Russia, with these places. And yes, they do have uh, many beautiful icons, but the real old icons are nearly all found in the West because they had a big heresy in the East called iconoclasm, whereby they destroyed all their icons. Because Islam, the Islamic religion, doesn't um, accept sacred art. And they were conquering in the East and the Easterners thought that the Islam is conquering and the Orthodox are losing because Islam is against images. So they destroyed all their images and there was a big heresy called uh, iconoclasm and that was fixed in 787 in the Second Council of Nicaea, which said, no, that we need to have we need to have icons. We need to have this uh, iconography in, in our churches. In fact, there were two of the quotations we just read were from this council, the second council of Nicaea. And that we have this, um, so why are icons important? People say, and this is, uh, there, was an, there was an iconoclasm also took place with Calvinism and with a lot of the Protestant uh, revolt in Europe in the, um, in the period before the Council of Trent. And that this, uh, re this revolt involved the destruction of, of some very beautiful churches so extremely beautiful iconography, statues, crucifixes uh, that were just destroyed as being idols. And they said, the reformers said, uh, well, look at the Old Testament. It says you shan't make a graven image. And it's even in the section of the Bible where we get the Ten Commandments from. And the problem, though, is that, yes, the people of Israel could not make an image. There was a prohibition in the Old Testament from making an image. But with Christ, God showed himself. God allowed himself to be seen. And that this is the root of Christian iconography. The fact that Christ allowed himself to be seen. That we weren't worthy to look at him, and yet he showed himself to us. And anybody who sees him sees the Father. And that God became visible in Jesus Christ. And this is why we can paint images of him. This is why the church is free to do this. Because Christ himself showed us who he was. And that because this is something that helps us a lot. That these pictures that we can have these icons and again there's a whole style of iconography that uh, developed in the early church and that unfortunately I think especially in the Renaissance and that in the West was lost that uh, the iconography became too realistic and that you began to have some of the great artists really fantastic artists but drawing biblical scenes in a fully realistic way and again, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's a little bit different to Christian, uh, to Christian iconography. That the traditional iconography presented things in a particular way, so that the perspective is changed. 
and that it drags you into the picture. If you're looking at a traditional icon, it brings you into it. It brings you into a dialogue with it, with Christ or the saint or the Virgin Mary who's in the icon, that you're kind of brought into through a particular um, artistic technique. And that this was lost when they began to paint more realistic pictures. So he went from having an iconography to having more realistic pictures to then, unfortunately, following all of the different trends of art. And that uh, so that today, unfortunately, some of the ugliest things we find are our churches. And sometimes you're, you're left thinking, saying, I suppose that must be a cross because it's hanging over what I think is the altar. I think that totem pole must be the tabernacle because it's kind of, I can't see anything else that it could be. And these, um, th this is a, a, a pity. It's a, there are plenty of good artists around today as well who do uh, realistic art and they can't uh, find commissions. And we need to retrain people to do the traditional iconography. Still in the East, in Russia especially, this has been preserved. But we need to learn again what this iconography is so that we can enter into the mystery of Christ. Again, if you go to an Eastern church, the icons are almost like the Blessed Sacrament is in the Roman Catholic Church. And I don't want to take away from the Blessed Sacrament. Of course, we should have the tabernacle. We should pray there. But if we have the option of having another quiver, another uh, arrow to put in our quiver, excuse me, that we should take it. That we should take this true iconography as well. To have an iconography that speaks to us. To have an iconography that can drag us into it. That can involve us. You know, that uh, there's a story from the Orthodox about if some uh, an old man is asked... Uh, how do you convert a pagan? I says, well, I would bring him to the church and I would show him the holy icons. And I'm afraid if somebody asks you about Jesus Christ and you were to bring him to your church, unfortunately there are churches there, and many churches there, whereby there is nothing you could show the person. Sometimes the crucifix is so abstract that we don't know if it's a crucifix. Or they've got a Superman-like figure flying off the cross. If you're lucky, you get the Stations of the Cross. But some churches don't have them anymore. Or again, they're so abstract or they just have like a cross on the wall. Um, that uh, these things, are the statues are few and far between. And when they do have them, they're oftentimes they're just tacky. They don't uh, inspire anything. Um, uh, so we need, again, the Catechism is calling us to a complete renewal. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with the complete renewal in the church. And again, realistically, if we look at history, there has basically been a complete renewal in every age. So we don't have to get scandalized that our own age needs a complete renewal. It's been This complete renewal is ongoing always. And we're invited again today to enter into this. Not to be afraid, to trust in the Lord, and trusting in him to see that he is good. To see that he takes care of us. To see that really that everything is uh, is well with the Lord. So really this is uh, what we're invited to. To contemplate. To contemplate God in our churches. 
And of course, if you can't contemplate God in your church, if you don't have nice iconography there, and, uh, well, try to get in there, try to speak with the priest, try to speak with the parish priest, the pastor, try to fundraise to do something decent there. But even if that's not possible, there's nothing stopping you from hanging beautiful Christian iconography in your home. Every home should have decent iconography. That we look, we spend a lot of money on a house. A house, they say, is the most expensive thing that most people will die, will buy in their lives. The mortgage that you, you spend thousands on a house, hundreds of thousands, on buying a house in many places. Why not spend a few thousand on decent Christian art? Not to try to get the cheapest thing. This is always the, the mistake that priests make, but not just priests, so many other people make this. They get the cheapest, the tackiest uh, that they can that they can find. You go on the internet, you go into, and you search for a cheap crucifix and you get one for five bucks and that's good enough. And if you're founding a home, if a man and a woman are coming together to start a family in Christian marriage, what would be so wrong with spending a thousand on a decent crucifix to have in the house? Or at least a few hundred that where we, if we treasure this art, it will help us. It will help us. It will help us to meet God because obviously it's not the art itself. It's not the icon itself. But the icon is a way for us to find God who is above, behind, beyond the icon. And it is a way to open our eyes to this heavenly presence. That this is, uh, oftentimes we don't see God. Like Balaam in the Old Testament who has a donkey and the donkey stops because an angel stops Balaam, stops the donkey. And Balaam gets very angry with his donkey and God gives the donkey the power of speech and he says to Balaam, why are you hitting me? Why are you striking me? I have always been so good to you. And don't you see? And then God shows him that the angel of death is standing in front of him and the donkey has saved his life. And this is how we are, that the angels, God, the Virgin Mary are so present in our world, are present in our lives. And it's true, we don't get physical manifestations of them. We don't, most people don't see God face to face in this life. We will in the next life. So the icons are a way of opening our souls to this presence that is still real. And this is why it's so important for us in the liturgy and again also in our own lives to reflect this goodness, this greatness of God. So tomorrow we'll continue and tomorrow we'll look at numbers 1163 to 1167. God bless.